Hi, and welcome to the Veterans Legal Lowdown, brought to you by Chisholm, Chisholm, and Kilpatrick, a law firm representing veterans nationwide. In each episode, we break down a different VA disability topic or share our take on the latest VA benefit news. This is the Veterans Legal Lowdown from Chisholm, Chisholm, and Kilpatrick. I'm Jenna Zellmer. I'm Emma Peterson. And I'm Lindy Nash. And today we're talking about increased ratings. So last week we talked about the elements of service connection and how to prove that your disability is related to service. And as a natural progression this week, we're going to be talking about increased ratings. So before we get into how a veteran can get a higher rating for his disability, Emma, can you give us a little bit of background on how a veteran first receives a disability rating? Sure. So when VA grants you service connection for a particular disability, they look to a schedule of disability ratings. You know, they have any number of diseases and disabilities um, in 38 U.S.C. Section 4. Um, sorry, CFR Section 4 <laughs> um, has all different diagnostic codes with various uh, different disability ratings based on the severity of symptoms you suffer from. So when you first get service-connected, the regional office will look at that criteria, compare it to the symptoms you have, the medical evidence in your record, um, things like that, and they will assign you a specific rating. So you'll you know, receive a decision saying service connection has been granted for tinnitus, mm -hmm. and you're going to receive a 10% rating for that. Great. Um, so you mentioned, you know, a veteran is going to receive a rating decision. Uh, what does that look like? How? Because I think a lot of times veterans receive a lot of paperwork from VA. So they see board decisions, they see mm -hmm. rating decisions, they see just ra random other letters. So how do you identify a rating decision? Sure. So it will say rating decision on it. It might say DRO, decision review officer decision, but it, you'll know it when you see it because generally there's two things that are included, a cover letter mm -hmm. saying we've made a decision on your appeal or your claim, and then um, and sort of in plain English telling you what they've done, and then the second document will be the actual decision. There'll be an emblem right in the center um, of VA, and it's literally centered right in the middle of the paper, um, and that's the only document that has that sort of seal of VA right in the top center. Um, so if you see that, you see the words rating decision, and then it tells you, you know, we've granted one, we've denied two, we've granted three, and then thereafter you see a bunch of reasons as to why um, that is your rating decision. Okay, great. And Lindy, so Emma kind of mentioned that this is the next step after you receive service connection. So why does the rating that you receive, um, both like the diagnostic code and the percentage, why does that all matter? Sure. So the rating that you receive is extremely important because that dictates the amount of compensation that you get. So, um, you know, the higher the rating, the better in terms of benefits that you will receive. And so we'll get into this a little bit later, but your overall combined rating is what truly dictates uh, the amount of money you get every month. So it can be as little as I believe a 10% is $140 and then 100% right now, I believe is just over 3000. Mm -hmm. So as you can see, there's a large gap um, with different you know amounts of money. 
and it really makes a huge difference depending on what your rating is. Yeah, and I think uh, something that you mentioned was really important was your combined rating, and yeah. you mentioned we'll get into a little bit of that later, but you can actually see your combined rating on the final piece of um, paperwork that's in your rating decision, which is what we call the code sheet. It has a lot of different boxes, and it lists all of your disabilities that you are currently service-connected for, what they're rated at, um, the effective dates that they're rated at, and then what your overall combined rating is. So that's I will important. say that we have heard from a lot of veterans and seen lately that the VA has not been sending the code sheet okay. to veterans. So if you have one, that's great. That's mm -hmm. a really great document to hold on to because, like you said, it has effective dates. You mm -hmm. know, when does this happen? When do you get paid X amount of money? Um, and you can ask VA for it. Right. But, if it doesn't come in your right, rating, right, it's definitely but, something that you want to ask for. Yeah. Definitely. Either you can, you know, reach out to your accredited representative, a veteran service organization, or, um, you know, if you're represented by a private attorney, um, you can see our colleagues at the Disabled American Veterans. They're um, one of the largest VSOs in the country. So that's great. So, um, and then, you know, we mentioned a lot about um, receiving this rating decision, but who... Who is the one person who's actually assigning the ratings? Who's making that initial decision? So a, a rater at the regional office will make a decision. They'll be going through the evidence, um, comparing it to um, the diagnostic codes and the different disability levels in those diagnostic codes, mm -hmm. um, and then assigning you um, a rating. So it really is a first-line you know, reviewer um, who's, who's signing that initial rating. Now, as you appeal it, if you don't agree with it or you decide to move the appeal process, um, it could be that someone higher up in the chain of, of Yeah, you uh, mentioned VA, GRO right, earlier. Right, we'll be looking at it. And, and eventually, even the board itself can pick particular ratings. So it might be a board judge if you get all the way so up to So there's a whole BVA. bunch of different possibilities right. within Absolutely. the VA. But it starts out with that initial first-line rater. Okay, great. <clears throat> So um, now that we have a little bit of background on how VA assigns ratings and what exactly, you know, why ratings matter, what they are, um, you know, what should veterans really consider when they think that they need to file an increased rating? Yeah, we get this question frequently because sometimes um, if you're looking to file an increased rating claim, there often comes a little bit of risk with that. Um, you know, if you believe that you're warranted an increased rating, that's great and you should definitely file for it. But before you do, you should always kind of think about the evidence you're submitting, um, what the disability is. You know, I would suggest looking at the diagnostic code um, that's assigned to your disability to kind of see how it's broken down um, and really look at the evidence that you're submitting to make sure that what you have um, corresponds to an increased rating because you are running the risk of unfortunately getting a reduction. Um, it is kind of, you know, asking the VA to take a look into your file, look at, you know, your evidence, look at a recent exam, uh, schedule you for another exam, um, and it's really drawing attention to your claim. So you do run a little bit of a risk anytime you file an increased rating claim, but if you have the evidence to support it, then mm -hmm. you should 100% file for it. And Emma, how do you know if you're at risk for a reduction? What factors um, should should the veteran consider? I mean, that, that's tricky to know off the mm -hmm. bat if you're going to be at risk. Um, I think that if you um, maybe were right on the verge before or VA has told you that they're going to schedule you for a future exam mm -hmm. um, in your initial decision um, or they've even mentioned to you in that cover letter, you know, we think this might be subject to improvement down the line. Mm -hmm. um, that's one key that they might be already thinking about looking at your file again. It doesn't mean they're going to do it. Mm -hmm. They have to give you notice and, and tell you about, you know, why they're going to do it and you have an opportunity to prevent that from happening. Mm -hmm. um, but that's one indication that you might be at risk. 
Yeah, I think you mentioned something really important there. You know, if VA has kind of signaled that um, they think that your condition might improve, um, and there are certain disabilities that, you know, are subject to maybe um, more improvement than others. Mm -hmm. Cancer, for example, um, you know, is often, you know, when cancer is active, you can get 100% rating, but that's, uh, as soon as you're in remission, that, that rating is going to go down. And so if you're, um, you know, at a mid-level rating for your cancer residuals, but you're still in remission, it's it might there might be a chance there that you would run the risk of asking mm -hmm. for a higher rating. Great. Um, so how does a veteran kind of go about asking for a higher rating? Can you appeal the initial decision? Is it a brand new claim? How does it work? Sure. So um, <laughs> so it depends on your situation, um, but you can, you know, say you became service-connected for PTSD uh, 10 years ago and you were assigned a 30% rating at the time and you were satisfied with that. So you didn't appeal and you've had that 30% rating for the last, um, you know, 10, 20 years, whatever it is. But then recently you're thinking, oh, you know, my uh, symptoms have really increased. I think I deserve a higher rating than this. So right now you can file an increased rating claim um, fresh, you know, out of the box on what we call the 526-EASY form. Um, so that is... A, you know, typical form. You can find it on VA's website and you can lay out, um, you know, all your information and request that increased rating. Or there's another way to do it where if you file your initial service connection claim, you get your rating decision that grants service connection assigns you, say, the 30% rating, but you don't like that 30% rating. It, it is not adequate. It doesn't take into account everything you're experiencing. So you can file um, an appeal with that rating decision and ask for an increased rating from there. So essentially be filing a notice of disagreement. Yes, exactly. Okay. If, well, I'm just gonna say, well, 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 and we have a lot of content out there about uh, AMA and the new VA appeal system. Mm -hmm. So please check out our website, check out our video um, that details the whole AMA process um, from um, from beginning to end. But just note that you now have multiple choices mm -hmm. um, to pick when you want to disagree with that rating decision. Yes. One is the NOD, mm -hmm. um, and that gets you right to the Board of Veterans Appeals. You also have a couple other options mm -hmm. that keep you at the regional office, but keep your appeal going. Please check those out because it is very complex. So um, depending on when that rating decision is issued, you might have to either use the new AMA system, mm -hmm. or if you have a decision that's before February 19th, 2019, you're probably still in the legacy system um, and you have to file an NOD. Yeah. 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 So I would pay attention to whatever type of decision you have mm -hmm. in front of you right now, or if you do file that claim today, you will be in AMA once you get your decision. But right. if you already have a decision, I would look at the date. Um, and also within there, there should be instruction as to the type of options you have going forward. <laughs> um, so I would consider uh, reading very closely your rating decision. Right. So uh, yeah, so I'm still living in the legacy world. And so which is why I immediately thought about NODs. But um, another, you know, option in the AMA system, um, which is Appeals Modernization Act, we call it a lot of different things. Um, <laughs> we'll link to some information about that. Um, another option is the supplemental claim lane. And so um, <clears throat> in the supplemental claim lane, the duty to assist still applies. And so if you've been, if you receive a rating decision that has assigned you a, set, a certain rating and you think that your disability is, um, you know, worse than that, it's possible that VA would still have the duty to help you mm -hmm. um, develop that evidence and potentially get a new exam um, and, you know, just try to help you uh, demonstrate that you have a higher rating um, in the supplemental claim lane. And so um, I think that kind of segues really nicely into kind of what kind of evidence a veteran mm -hmm. should submit. Um, you know, in supplemental claim lane, you need to submit new evidence. And so right. 
um, what kind of evidence do you need to support an increased rating claim? I think there's two key um, pieces of evidence you're going to want to have. One would be medical evidence, um, either from your treating doctor um, or from a specialist that you see detailing um, your disability, the symptoms you suffer from, and if at all possible, if you can get a printout or show them the criteria VA uses, um, if that doctor can compare your symptoms to the criteria and even provide, even if it's a short opinion about, you know, why you're at a certain disability level, that would certainly be very helpful. Um, the other key piece of evidence that you're going to want to submit, if you can, is lay evidence, meaning statements from yourself. No one knows you and what you're <laughs> suffering from better than you, um, but also friends and family that, you know, maybe have a different perspective and can offer some um, corroboration and support to what you're saying about mm -hmm. how your symptoms affect your day-to-day -day life. Um, so spouses, family, um, friends that you, you know, see once a week for a coffee, um, anyone really can, can help you support that increased rating. Mm -hmm. And I think it's really important um, to let, you know, anybody who you're going to ask to write a statement about um, about you, just describe what they personally have observed. Um, you know, if, if your spouse, for example, they live with you every day, and so they can probably, um, you know, track how your disability has worsened over the mm -hmm. years, how it's affected them, how it's affected your daily life. Um, and so those can be really powerful statements. So I think it's really important not to discount it um, in favor of just objective medical evidence. Right. Um, and so I mentioned before that um, sometimes VA will obtain a new examination during these increased rating claims. So Lindy, what could veterans expect um, when they go to a VA examination? Sure, so when you go to the VA examination, probably one of the first things to remember is that you should be aware that people, people, the <laughs> VA, people who work at the VA are watching you um, pretty much from the minute you step in the door. So just be cognizant that you know you are being watched. Um, <laughs> that sounds sketchy. I don't mean it like that. Um, but just be aware that people are, you know, yeah, observing. You. Absolutely. So keep that in mind. Um, and also now is not the time to kind of hide your symptoms or, you know, be tough and say that it's not a big deal. Um, it is a big deal. You know, tell them how you're feeling, express yourself, talk about the pain you're in, talk about everything that you're experiencing. Um, now is not the time to hold back because these VA exams are heavily relied upon um, in the rating decisions. You know, mm -hmm. I can't tell you the decisions we read and sometimes they, you know, give no probative value to the private opinions that we submit, but they give all the value to the VA exams. So please um, be honest and um, keep in mind that they're looking at your current condition and not what you suffered um, in service or, you know, the event that has already occurred. They're not focusing on that as much. It's more about your current symptoms and mm -hmm. what you're going through right now. Yeah. Yeah. And I think that we've previously done an entire Facebook Live um, on VA exams. Mm -hmm. And so um, there's a lot of information about kind of what to expect at VA right. exams and, and how you should prepare. And um, we can link to that in the in the comments. But um, I think one thing that you really mentioned that was powerful to me was that um, is to be honest, not just in don't downplay your system, symptoms, but also don't exaggerate them. Mm -hmm. yes. I think that's kind of what you meant when you, they, you said that they're observing you. Um, and also don't get upset that these examiners are asking very pointed questions about mm -hmm. your current disability because I think a lot of times veterans go in and they want to build a rapport with these examiners and um, kind of explain the history of their claim, which is totally fair. You know, this is something that you live with every day, but the examiners are there for a very specific purpose. They're not there to treat you um, and they probably have a lot of exams to go through and so they're kind of trying to get to the point and so I think a lot of times we'll have, we'll have 
clients who are kind of upset about how they were treated mm-hmm. at BA exams. Um, but if you go on there with, you know, the right expectations and kind of know what the VA examiners need, I think it'll help everyone. Absolutely. Right. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. And then a further thing about what I meant earlier is that um, <laughs> if you, I've seen it before where doctors say, oh, um, you know, veteran claims that they use a walker, but no walker was used today. So, you know, something like that. If you use, um, you know, a cane or a walker or a brace, um, you know, continue to use that at your appointment. Um, don't leave it at home or forget it or anything like that because they will rely on <laughs> that to further, um, you know, say you're not credible or anything along those lines. So I just meant, you know, they're looking at the total package. Yeah. <laughs> and I think most importantly is that if you do get scheduled for an exam, please go. Yeah. Um, mm. And if you can't attend, because sometimes you can't, that's completely fair. Call VA and yeah. verify, verify, verify that they're going to reschedule that examination because I can't tell you how many times we've seen decisions come out that just deny the increased rating. Um, the evidence was there, but the veteran didn't attend the VA examination, mm-hmm. so they just yeah. decide to deny. So if yeah. you do get scheduled um, or you know you're going to be scheduled, be on the lookout in the mail. Um, for a notice indicating when and where that exam is going to be because you you, you must attend. And if you can't attend, like I said, verify you show some good cause. multiple mm-hmm. times over in writing <laughs> on the phone. Um, make sure someone's, you know, take down names and numbers <laughs> who agree to reschedule your exam uh, just in case you have to bring it up later. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, that's kind of what evidence that you need to submit. Um, I think we covered everything there. So <laughs> I mentioned earlier, um, you know, the code sheet that is included in your rating decision includes not only your combined rating, but also the effective dates. Right. So. First of all, I think that we we probably have um, done a Facebook Live, um, and we definitely have blog posts about effective dates in general. But um, Emma, can you talk a little bit about you know effective dates and, and when you file an increased rating claim, what your effective date should be? Sure, sure. So effective date is the date VA is going to pay you at that certain rate. Um, so you know if you are being assigned a fifty percent rating as of June first, two thousand eighteen. Um, you know, as of that month, you're going to start to receive the increased payment um, in, in your monthly mm-hmm. VA deposit. Um, the effective date for an increased rating will either be the date you filed for that increased rating claims, the date you got that 526 form into VA, um, or it might even be a year, up to a year before then. So there is a regulation that says that if VA can determine that your rating increased up to a year prior, um, your effective date could be that date. So mm-hmm. um, it's important to consider submitting evidence and lay evidence about what happened the year leading up to your decision to file an increased rating claim. Mm-hmm. Um, the other effective date that could happen, um, as we all know, VA appeals can take quite a long period of time yep. um, to the point where maybe your condition has worsened a step further during your appeal process. Um, so your increased rating could also be the date that you became entitled to it. The date that entitlement arose could be in the middle of your appeal period. Mm-hmm. So let's say you started out with a 10% for PTSD, you want a 30 Five years into it, you think you're at a 50. Um, just know that VA could assign you staged ratings, meaning mm-hmm. you know, 30% as of the date you file that increased rating claim, and then a 50 as of five years later when they finally got around to giving you a VA exam, and then you know so on and so forth. So um, it really is similar to service connection, but the earlier you get your claim in, the more likely you are to get that earlier uh, effective date. Great, and I think you know you mentioned it can be whenever VA kind of de- determines <laughs> determines that your right. rating uh, increased. And so, Lindy, how does VA kind of identify? when a rating should be effective and can you do anything, can veterans do anything to kind of make sure that those dates are correct? 
Yeah, um, <laughs> it's hard to say because um, VA, you know, does their own thing. Um, but it's always helpful when veterans submit really clear evidence, whether that's a lay statement saying, um, you know, within this appeal period starting January 1st, 2012, I noticed a significant increase in my back disability. Mm -hmm. um, I was unable to get out of bed and, and so on. So I'd say the more clear you lay out um, your symptoms and when you're experiencing them, that could help with any potential um, stage ratings in the future. Um, stage ratings aren't usually something that we request. It kind of I find that it's usually something VA assigns mm -hmm. on their own. And I think a lot of times the VA will choose the date that the veteran attended a VA examination. Yes, yes. definitely. Um, and so that's usually not correct. So um, generally, you know, if you're filing an increased rating claim, um, you're scheduled for an exam months later. Mm -hmm. So um, it's likely that your disability worsened prior to the time that you were scheduled for an exam, but because the exam really documented it in medical evidence, that's the date the VA chose. So um, you can certainly, like Lindy said, submit lay statements that kind of correct that, you know, mm -hmm. clarify that just because you went to an exam on a certain date doesn't mean that was the day that your exam or your disability suddenly magically increased. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> that would go further all and say, you woke yeah. up on the day of all the VA of sudden, exam. Yeah. <laughs> what a coincidence. <laughs> Um, so that's something to look out for because I think that I see that a lot is that they just use it because it's an easy date, you know, and right. they have a lot of claims to process. And so it's something that they can just kind of check off. Mm -hmm. But all right. So um, just to wrap up, you know, we effective date question. Oh, yes, we do. Thank you. <laughs> You're welcome. <laughs> um, so this question is from Jack. How do I get a hold of a previous VA denial prior to electronic record keeping? Anybody have any thoughts? I would start by calling the customer service line. Yes. Um, because VA should have it. I mean, yes. if you filed a claim, they have a claim file for you. Mm -hmm. um, and it shouldn't have been destroyed unless, you know, it disappeared, it fell off a truck. Right. Um, or, you know, it... it Fire. Well, so I think so. I think you know one important thing to note was that even though um, VA hasn't been keeping files electronically for the whole you mm -hmm. know history of, of VA, they have made a push in the few in the last recent years to make all of the paper files right. electronic. Yeah. And so even if you filed a claim prior to when VA was keeping records electronically, that paper file claim mm -hmm. should be, I believe, at this point, everything should be scanned right. yeah. in um, to VA system, and so. Um, you know, we see this a lot. You can you can tell the difference between when VA was keeping electronic records right. and when he, VA was keeping paper records because you see these like sometimes illegible copies, sometimes just yeah. a little bit harder to read mm -hmm. than the electronic copies. But if you have a claim that was um, submitted prior to electronic record keeping, there's a whole lot of options there. Is it do you think that the claim was never adjudicated, or are you trying to you know try to reopen a claim? Um, there's a lot of questions that I think. Um, you probably want to talk to a representative about. Um, but if you are looking just for that claim, just right. to see what it was like and see what you asked for, um, calling customer service is a really good option. Um, and then, you know, asking your, your rep um, to, or you can probably look at yourself into um, VA's electronic records management system, which is called the Veterans Benefits Management System. Mm -hmm. And I think there are a couple other VA electronic records out there. So, or nothing could, no, no harm in showing up at your local RO. That's yes. What I was going to say. <laughs> yeah. you know, going in person and talking to a person and explaining exactly what you're looking for, what decision you're looking for, mm -hmm. and when it came out, um, that definitely can't hurt. Yeah. Um, so it, it should exist. It shouldn't be just gone because it was paper and not electronic. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Good. Um, so I think, you know, we see this sometimes. Um, veterans have a combined 100% rating. Um, 
is that the end of the road? Is there what else can veterans do if they still think that they're not really being compensated to the full effect that their disability has on their life? Sure. So there's there are levels above 100 percent. Not everyone knows mm-hmm. about them, but they're for special circumstances. And because they're special, it's called special monthly compensation. <laughs> um, so if, you know, a veteran has a particular combination of disabilities that are really above and beyond that 100 percent total disabled disabling level, um, and the 100% means you're totally socially and occupationally impaired mm-hmm. um, or totally occupationally impaired, impaired really. <clears throat> um, so if you have above and beyond that, you know, loss of use of your legs, um, you need aid and attendance from another person to help you with your activities of daily living, like cooking, cleaning, bathing, things like that. There are extra levels, extra monthly um, kickers that get added on to your compensation um, that are available. Um, but those are, like I said, special circumstances. Mm-hmm. So you'd want to talk with They're a VSO, very your rep. Um, yeah. There's a lot of, in addition to just figuring out combinations, math and VA math, which yes. gets really nuanced and detailed. So you're going to want to talk with someone yes. about that. But know that it exists because if you need someone else to really help you with your day-to-day life, you might be entitled to an extra monthly mm-hmm. um, amount of compensation. Yeah, and you mentioned VA math, which I think we mentioned before is is uh, related to combined ratings. So right. VA doesn't just add up a veteran's multiple disabilities and, and get a nice round number. There's a lot of um, weird math involved. And so we do actually have um, a blog post about that. Um, VA has a whole ratings table that you can get to use to... Um, figure out what your combined rating should be. Um, and if you don't want to use that table, you can use our handy calculator on our website right. at cck-law.com. I use it all the time. <laughs> um, so um, just so you know, you know, when you are looking at your combined ratings and you're thinking about special monthly compensation, um, VA math is com- complicated. Special monthly compensation is complicated. Um, it's definitely something that you want to maybe ask your, your rep about. We have another question yes. from Carl. You want to ask it? Sure. <laughs> Can you request a veteran C file? So, Carl, do you mean can we request a veteran C file? Or can, can you? you request your own? <laughs> or are you requesting for a friend? Um, no, but in all seriousness, um, an individual can request a copy of their own C file, their own claim file from VA. Mm-hmm. Um, they should send it to you on disk, on a CD disk, um, as representative. Usually because the claim file is thousands of pages correct long. correct um so you don't you don't really want that you don't want me. the paper file <laughs> trust me um but obviously we as representatives request it all the time mm-hmm. on behalf of our clients um and it does take a while correct yes. correct so that is absolutely a possibility um but if you were you know requesting on behalf of a friend that probably wouldn't fly mm-hmm. lexa asks does knee instability that causes the use of a cane count as loss of use or is there a higher standard that's actually a really great wonderful question question. (laughs) um you know i think there's an argument to be made that it could be for sure so um special monthly compensation loss of use uh i'm paraphrasing here but it's basically um would you be equally served with a uh, prosthetic so um if your if your leg that you know is, is so bad that you require a cane um and you if if you didn't have the cane, you would need a prosthetic, um, and it would be kind of the equal um, mm-hmm. outcome. You can definitely make that argument. I think it's really important to, as we mentioned before, about kind of figuring out the evidence, uh, documenting everything mm-hmm. um, in lay statements, and, and getting private doctors' opinions and private treatment notes and VA treatment notes, and kind of explaining how 
badly, um, you can't use your leg. Right. Yep. So I think the point is there is that just using a cane on its own is not going to be enough to prove loss of use. Um, you are going to have to meet the loss of use standard, mm-hmm. which Jenna mentioned. But, you know, what we've certainly made, at least at the court level, and, and I think there's mm-hmm. a colorable argument for saying that a cane is a prosthetic. Mm-hmm. You already are using a prosthetic <laughs> um, if you have a like, lack of propulsion, lack of motion. Yes. Um, the, yes. And that's language from yeah. the regulation Absolutely. as well. So there's, for pro- 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 there's certainly room to explore that depending on the facts of your particular case. Yeah. And that's definitely something you want to reach out to your representative about to mm-hmm. see kind of, um, you know, if, if that meets the criteria for loss of use or a higher rating. Um, and so the last thing, the last couple things I wanted to mention, um, and actually Kane kind of reminded me of it. Um, Lindy, you want to talk a little bit about extra scheduler ratings? Yeah. So extra scheduler ratings um, are an option. And it basically, I like to think of it as when, um, say, you're service connected for a back disability and the back um, diagnostic code is pretty much based on limitation of motion. Um, mm-hmm. And that's kind of all it takes into account. But say your back disability, um, besides limitation of motion, also gives you trouble sleeping mm-hmm. and it causes depression and you you know socially isolate because it's too painful to go out of your house. All of those things aren't adequately compensated by the rating schedule. So that's a perfect example, in my opinion, um, <laughs> perfect example. of an extra scheduler um, rating <laughs> and when you deserve one. So say, like I said, um, the rating schedule does not adequately, adequately compensate you um, for what you're going through, then I would suggest filing for an extra scheduler rating. Yeah. And I think this goes back to Emma's point in the very beginning when we were talking about diagnostic codes and how um, section four, or part four right. um, of the of the VA title regulations is um, all based on different diagnostic codes. Mm-hmm. And every disability is assigned a code. And um, under that code is all different criteria for what meets a certain disability rating. And right. so um, if you have something that's totally outside of that rating, outside of the assigned rating, um, and there's no other w- real way to get compensation for that, then extra scheduler is an option. Um, Emma, do you have a caveat to that? I do. Extra, <laughs> okay. scheduler, extra scheduler is also difficult to obtain. Yes. So I wouldn't put all your eggs in that basket. No. Um, <laughs> but there are circumstances that certainly warrant it. Mm-hmm. So looking at, you know, I like to think of it like Lindy was saying, kind of a gap filler. Yes. Um, it's, you know, the, the diagnostic codes are wide ranging, but they can't cover everything mm-hmm. because, you know, there's just a lot out there. So um, if you have a truly unique circumstance and it also impacts your ability to work in some way, mm-hmm. you might have a good shot at getting that extra scheduler rating. Mm-hmm. Um, but there are other things you could look to besides that, which yeah. would be a separate rating for that depression, a secondary you know, service connection. There's there's other ways to go about getting compensated. Yeah. Um, and but we have some info on, sure. on our website about, about mm-hmm. that. Um, I think um, the reason why you know the cane question reminded right. me of it <laughs> was that um, we recently, well, I guess it hasn't been that recently now, but there was a case that we... Um, attempted to argue that, you know, a veteran's requirement of a cane um, should qualify them for an extra scheduler reading because nowhere in the diagnostic code does it mention, you know, having to use a cane. And so, um, you know, one of our attorneys valiantly argued that and unfortunately we were not successful um but you know we did get some really good language um in that case of the case is called spellers um about how the loss of uh, the use of a cane um informs the level of severity right, and right. so and level of severity goes to scheduler ratings so um that's just another reason why mm-hmm. it, it's really important you can you know just lay out all the ways that your disability affects you and all the different things that you require um in order to live your daily life and in order to um, be able to work or if you can't 
brilliant work. Um, and then hopefully, you know, especially if you have, you know, a great rep, um, either a VSO or an attorney, they can kind of use those facts. And there's a whole lot of different options kind of mm -hmm. to make sure that you're getting compensated, either you scheduler rating, increased rating, separate rating, lots of different options mm -hmm. there. So, um, and then the final question that I have, and we have a lot of information on our website about this. And so we're just going to touch on it briefly because it does have to do with increased ratings is um, something called TDIU. So want to explain TDIU? Sure. How much time do you have? <laughs> Briefly. All right. So TDIU, total disability based on individual unemployability, is when maybe you're through VA math, your combined rating doesn't add up to 100%, but due to your disabilities, you're unable to work. Um, you can't. It's not just work. You can't get gainful employment. So mm -hmm. there's sort of a specific standard. Um, VA will pay you out at the 100% rate. Um, so if during the course of an increased rating claim, you realize, hey, you know, I, I can't work, um, certainly bring that to VA's attention. They have a specific form, VA Form 8940, that you have to fill out if you want to get that unemployability benefit. Um, but then it can be attached and part of your pending increased rating claim. Mm -hmm. um, so something to keep in mind. You don't have to file for it separately. It can be part of, you know, everything going on with increased rating. Um, but if, yeah, but if your disability that you're asking for an increased rating claim definitely present for, prevents you from working, tell VA that. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. Be yeah. open there. Yeah. Great. Well, um, thank you all for your questions. That, those were so wonderful. Yeah. Um, and thank you, Lindy and Emma and Emma. <laughs> <laughs> My name is Jenna. Thank you again for joining us and we'll see you next week. This episode of the Veterans Legal Lowdown was produced by Chisholm, Chisholm & Kilpatrick, a law firm representing veterans nationwide in their VA disability claims. If you're interested in a free case evaluation with CCK, give us a call at 844-549-4500 or visit our website at cck-law.com.